Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the clubhouse. This is episode 84. We got to give a shout out to TJ Huj Manzada, one of our favorite Bengals of all time. 84, shouts out, baby. Hoosh, hoosh, hoosh. Um. <clears throat> also, the San Francisco 49ers, the Larry Bird in seven games over the Lakers, Boston Celtics, the Detroit Tigers, and the Wayne Gretzky Houston Oilers. Or no, are they Edmonton? Excuse me, I'm thinking of football there. I yeah, mix myself up. The Edmonton Oilers. You're forgetting a very important one, T. Who am I forgetting? The Kyle Pitts episode. Oh my gosh, it is the Kyle Pitts episode. Wow. I'm sure there's other 84s, <laughs> but yeah, shouts out to Kyle Pitts. There's there's plenty, <clears throat> like Randy Moss. <laughs> yeah, big Randy, just Rand. Probably yeah. Randarnio. Just big Randy. We are brought to you by the Cheap Seats Network, home of the Clubhouse Podcast, and back by popular demand, the Pick and Roll Report just recorded tonight. So get ready. We're doing a little double episode action. The boys are back. Cheap Seats are back. Cheap Seats, Superior Sports. So, ladies and gentlemen, we've got a great show for you today. We've got a little first half. We're going to talk about the MLB. We were 10 games in. We're going to do a little... You know, predictions, action, a little recap, what stood out to us. In the second quarter, we're going to talk about the final stretch here for the NBA. There's, you know, you look at the schedule, there aren't that many games left because this year there's only 72. So, we're going to talk about how the playoffs might be shaken up. In the third quarter, we're going to be talking about the Masters here um, and the update here. So, we'll save a little bit of that for later. And in the fourth quarter, we're going to be talking about a little uh, MLB. League oh, leaders. I like it. Yeah. Double MLB. Okay. Yeah. I love it. Why not? Baseball's in the air. Spring is in the air. Now, before we begin our show, we don't want to get hurt, so we're going to have to stretch it out, warm it up, and uh, Doge, we'll give it to you first. What do you got all the <clears> way up there in Cleet? Sitting down, enjoying some dinner this this evening, decided to throw on some, some Jeopardy, and... Uh, finally got to watch an episode where Aaron Rodgers has been guest hosting. So, pretty enjoyable. He does a really good job. Yes. And, uh, he's got the witty banter. I mean, no one can do what Trebek did, but he's got the witty banter, the the mild, like, backhanded comments to people when they get answers wrong. Like, it's just classic Aaron Rodgers, and he does a pretty good job. So, uh, I enjoyed it. <clears throat> he, he had a pretty good flow. You know, hopefully he keeps guest hosting, and, and there's a few more out there that I can watch. So, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, them not getting the Packers answer, but getting the Celtics like right away, and him just busting that guy's chops was so awesome, man. Yeah. It was so awesome. That was a good one. I was like, that's great. That was a good one. Oh, you get that one. Right. Oh, you got that one right away, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, that was awesome. Uh, <clears throat> big deal. Sit next to me as always. Give me a little warm-up. What yeah, do you got? so, you know, I'm pretty classic. I need to... Large warm up, big warm up, a lot of time. Hey, get get out there, hit some BP. So, speaking of needing a little bit more time to warm up, the Atlantic League for baseball is oh experimenting as the experimental league that they are with moving the pitcher's mound one foot behind of where it currently is at. Of which, back in I think it was twenty nineteen, they 
messed around with the idea of having it at 62 and a half feet, which is two feet back from the current mound. That ended up never going into play. But this year, not only do they have the rule where it's a, a foot further back, um, and that's because they want to emphasize uh, more uh, balls with contact, less strikeouts, and some of the stats about it are, are pretty ridiculous as far as the stat uh, strikeout ratio and stuff like that and percentage from back before, you know, long time ago, and I think it was in 1892. Ooh. It suddenly didn't load all of a sudden because I was just going to read these. Okay. As it so kindly decides to load this time. Okay. So, in 2019, the last full season, uh, strikeouts were set for record uh, 12 years in a row. Okay, so that was at 42,823 strikeouts, which uh, is 33% higher than in 2007. So they really are looking at some of the stats, um, just getting the ball and play more. That's really what it comes down to. So we'll see if, how that goes. A little sure. extra warm-up. The other <laughs> interesting rule is the DH, um, basically, what, what would you call that? Just... Um, Getting rid of the DH. I, guess. I don't know like, how they yeah, work. Like, I don't know So how to describe that rule in like a one word. Right. They're planning on the starting pitcher. Like a singular DH. Uh, or excuse one-time me. One-time use DH. The DH is in the game until the starting pitcher comes out, and then the pitcher would have to bat or they would have to pinch hit every time. It almost is like a yep. pitcher, so, pitcher hitter. Not yeah. a designated hitter anymore. So starting pitcher hitter. Yeah, the SPH. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see (laughs) the tactics of, especially teams like the Rays and the A's that move to having more of an opener instead of a starter. Yeah. So for teams that are all about the analytics and having uh, the other rules about mound visits and pitching changes, like that's really affecting teams to emphasize that starting pitcher role more. So... It's going to be interesting to see once they actually hit the MLB if they do, but... I don't... Good luck to those rules, I'd say. For baseball being a sport that is so stuck in their ways, it's hilarious how... Like, they're just going to keep the way things are. I'm just saying it's not going to change. They're not going to make this change. No way. No, the MLB is never going to make those changes, but minor league can because they can just experiment with it. Right. Who cares? Kind of if it was game. a major, major success, sure. But it'd have to be, like, to the point where everybody's like, I mean, they have to put this in baseball. Like, I don't know what that would, like, if they weren't using replay now, like, which I guess still doesn't even work, which I'm sure some other teams can say some stuff about that. But The <clears throat> thing about, so if we want to talk about replay for a second with the Mets. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's multiple teams this year that be like, like replay you, doesn't work. You couldn't use it in that situation. Which is so stupid. You couldn't, like, review that play. With the elbow sticking out over the plate. I forget the guy's name off the top of my head, but... Yeah. He just leans into the plate and gets struck by a pitch, and then that's how they lose. Or the... Well, they win, but the other... um, The Mets lose, correct? I think the Mets won. No, the Marlins lost. Marlins lost. Yeah, because Don Mattingly was pissed. Yeah, the Mets won because of it. Donnie Baseball was pissed. So... You're right, Donnie B. For people who don't know... Uh, if you're leaning over in the strike zone during a pitch and you get hit, it's supposed to be considered a strike. Especially when you stick your elbow out even more right. 
and like intentionally yeah, like get he leaned hit. into it. Right. Yeah. So that was supposed to be called a strike, which uh, I believe they had two strikes in the count would have been the final out, and they wouldn't have they would have gone into extras. Right. So, anyway, big time game changer there. I'm glad that I can go pitch 62 and a half feet now. There you go, Dill. There you go. I'm ready to pitch it all. Get ready. Get ready for it. So, ladies and gentlemen, i got to take some time to do a little pour one out session. Two very serious pour ones out. Pour one outs, excuse me. And then one not so serious. So, guy who's won me over, a guy who you guys have been rooting for. I know you guys on the pod. I'm talking Dill Doshi. I'm sure some of the fans as well. Jamal Murray, tearing his ACL there. I mean, it's just tough. Poor one out for Jamal. He was really coming on to be a big year. Jokic is looking like the MVP. Aaron Gordon was fitting in well there. They might have been poised to make a really deep run in the playoffs, potentially go to the finals. You know, never know. They could win it. But they were at least in the mix, and this definitely kind of hurts their, their you know future in that. And hopefully Jamal can come back healthy and, and be the same kind of guy because um, sometimes that's not the case after this injury. So, major, major bummer. Um, definitely one of the, you know, rising stars of the league. So, for sure, major bummer. And then <clears throat> even more of a bummer because this guy hasn't even gotten a chance to become a rising star yet. So, hopefully this doesn't affect his career yet either. But James Wiseman going down with a knee injury, I think a meniscus, a meniscus tear, yeah, right? Yeah. Likely out for the season. So, I mean, that's another guy who... He would really like to see, and they were kind of making a little push here. Maybe they get some, some play in game experience or something or Steph whatever. Been like Steph's off. been, uh, he's been on oh, fire. Man. So it would have been cool to see Wiseman get that experience. Um, so serious bummers to those guys. Pour one out. Hopefully they both come back healthy and we can see them next year. I know there's a lot of concern with GMs right now with how many players are getting injured and stuff, and you know because of the back to back short seasons. But. On to a lighter note, like I said. <clears throat> it's time to pour one out for guys like Jason Terry, Brandon Knight, Timothy Mozgov, Frederick Weiss, Anderson Verajao, to name a few. Whoever the heck Sean Kemp dunked over. Um, <clears throat> it's Miles Bridges absolutely annihilated Clint Capella the other day. And so now Clint Capella, who is a good defender, and you know has you know can make some plays, is known for making some blocks. You know, decent player for the Hawks. He's no scrub, like some of the, not like some of these other guys aren't great players, but you know he's certainly better than Timothy Mozgov. Um, <clears throat> Brandon Knight probably has a better career than Brandon Knight right now. Jason Terry is a good player. Frederick Weiss was on the French team. I don't even know if he was ever in the NBA, but he was seven two. Vince Carter dunked over him. So Clint Capella, we have to pour one out for him because he is now forever linked in this group of names of like people who've gotten absolutely smoked against. Like the one that comes to mind for me, and I'm gonna ask you guys what your favorite dunk of all time is here, <laughs> is DeAndre Jordan on Brandon Knight, absolutely <laughs> destroying him to the point where everybody in the building lost their mind, and he starts walking away and he gives him the stink eye, just like ugh, just absolutely ridiculous. And Miles Bridges' dunk was on a similar level, where he skyrockets in the air, cocks that son of a gun back so hard, and I'm telling you, Clint Capella, he just shouldn't have woken up that day, because my gosh, he absolutely got destroyed. So, Dill, 
Brandon Knight, now Clint Capella out of the... What's your favorite dunk of all time? Dude, just... Um, that dunk that... I mean, DeAndre, just the whole thing about it. I mean, like, the stadium was just like... <gasps> like, the eruption of the fans. Like, that was... I don't know, dude. When they were flying around in uh, L.A., in Lob City, like, that whole... Like that so team was the, fun to watch. The, the Mozgov on there is when Blake Griffin absolutely went all, like all over him. Yeah, like, he kind of threw it down. Whatever, but still, one of the most memorable dunks that probably of our little decade of, of hoops there when we were <clears throat> in high school. Uh, Doge, what about you? You already mentioned it, T, but it's the one where Vince Carter on Team USA dunks over what's the French guy's name? Frederick Weiss, I believe. I don't know if I'm probably yeah. saying that wrong, but maybe I'm not. He completely clears the man. He seven two and completely goes over it's him. It's unbelievable. If you haven't watched it, first of all, you don't know anything about dunks. I guess take a look at it because it is it is probably the best <laughs> dunk ever, <clears throat> without a doubt. Disgusting. So the other one I have on there is Jason Terry when LeBron James absolutely murdered him when he was on the Celtics yeah. on that alley oop. <laughs> Which, like, everybody knows yeah, what we're talking about right now. You know what I'm talking yeah. about. It's just, like, he, like, kind of steps back to try to take a charge. It's like, you're not getting that call. Absolutely gets dominated. Anderson Vergeau got absolutely obliterated by Dwayne Wade in one of the Heat uh, Cavs series. I'm, you might not remember what either way. It was a great one. Sean Kemp, like I said, <clears throat> had another huge one like that. Shaq over, um, I think it was Dudley on the Knicks when he throws the ball at him after Shaq, like, shoves him into the stands. So Clint Capella yep. now now forever linked in this list. He'll be on the greatest dunks of the decade, greatest dunk of the year, greatest dunk from the Hornets ever. You know, greatest Miles Bridges play. What you know, greatest play by Michigan State. You know, dunk or greatest dunk by Michigan State or something like that. He's going to be all over the place. So um, good for Miles Bridges. And like I said, we got to pour one out for Clint Capella. He's having a tough time here. So sorry, Clint. We love you, buddy. But, uh, <clears throat> all right, let's move on here to our fresh first quarter. We're going to do a little, uh, just talk about the MLB, 10 games in here, just quick. You know, anything that stood out to you so far? Um, any little early awards, any predictions here? I know Dill's going to get into some averages here at the end of the show, but we're just going to do a little, just quick, brief MLB little update. So, Dill, how are the Rays doing first? Let's just get into that. So, okay. And Indians too. While we, we're here, we talked about so the Indians are tied for first in their uh, there we go respective division right now. Peeping them on Sunday and yeah, cool. JBP shout out. Shout out. Um, so then the Indians, uh, not the Indians, the Red Sox, which I mentioned at the beginning of the year with them getting swept by the Orioles and them gonna uh, they're gonna be the worst team in the MLB. Well, they've suddenly won eight games in a row. They swept the Rays, and they're eight and three tops in the AL East. There you go. So it's hilarious how this is supposed to be like a rebuilding year, and they're just on fire. They got Cora back, dude. So got their guy back. Well, um, they're even nine and three. Yeah, now. they're nine and three now. Yeah, yeah for today. Sorry, nine straight. Stats team was just calling in to just correct heaters. you right there. Uh, so the Rays and Yankees are both under five hundred, which is hilarious. Uh, but yeah, so we're Cleveland's tied with the uh, Royals, Whew. which I thought the White Sox would be probably the best team in that division. Which yeah. I mean, there's still a lot of season left, so 
Yeah, yeah these are early, be... early things. Like, they're all going to win more than however many games other teams have won already. So, like, you have time to make things up. Yeah. Um, I would say the surprise that I have the most, like, like just completely surprised by, is the West uh, just having some strong teams out there with the Dodgers, San Fran, and, and San Diego. I yeah. thought they would have two, but. Yeah, the San Niners, Francisco's the, looking good too. The, the Giants have been smoking the Reds the past couple days. Yeah, fortunately. Yeah, they took us out today. But Cueto, who pitched really well in his first outing, where he pitched or was it? I don't know if it was the first or second outing or whatever. But he pitched like almost a complete game, like eight and two thirds. But today he came out after like sixty-five pitches, was dealing with some sort of irritation issue. Mm. So. Not sure what that is, but he was pitching really well against us today, and obviously they still got the dub three nothing against us. So, right, yeah, yep. San Francisco stepping it up in the West. There, that's that's a tough division too. Yep, definitely. I think uh, the Diamondbacks are better than their record shows. Also, I agree. He's the. I'm with you there, Doge. I could see it. I could see it. Um, Doge, what about you? Anything surprising you so far here, early in the season? Any early <laughs> predictions? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we touched on it just a little bit there, but I would say that, you know, the NL West, um, I mean, the NL Central for the longest time, I feel like, was always kind of the toughest division in the in the National League, but the West is definitely giving them a run for their money right now. Reds being up there with the Brewers, Reds are coming off a little hotter than I expected, although we've, we've hit a bit of a cold patch on our trip out West, but... Mm-hmm. Um, playing really well, still 5-1 and one at home, so uh, something I've really enjoyed watching there. And, you know, I guess I'm the one thing that really caught me off guard was I figured that all these different leagues would have bubbled their players, you know, there wouldn't be all these different games being canceled still, but the Nationals and the Mets still took forever to finally start playing games, it seemed like. Yep. And I guess I just would have expected them to have been shut down and, and not really having to worry about that, but I guess, you know, it is what it is with the COVID way it's been, but... um yeah, I guess that, that surprised me. I would have thought everyone would have been bubbled and ready to go, but they had to hold off opening day for almost two full series, it seemed like. Yeah, that was very, very interesting. Some COVID-related, some weather-related stuff in some cases for some teams, I believe. Yeah. Because it was yeah. cold, it was snowy. Yeah, but. but as far as records go, I mean, Dill brought it up. Red Sox have really kind of caught me off guard, too. I thought the Blue Jays were probably going to be my favorite in that division. I know a lot of people were picking Yankees, but Red Sox have really come out hot, so that's been surprising. Yeah. They haven't lost on the road yet. So that's pretty the, impressive, too. How about the Braves down there? Like yeah, bad surprising. surprising. Like, bad surprising, yeah. Like, what's going on with them? Like, yeah, I'm not looking. Like, some of the. You guys named all the good surprising teams, obviously. Like, no, nobody else is really standing out. But, like, how about the Cubs and the, the Braves, maybe? Like,. Obviously, the Yankees, too. Like, really, I figured that whole, they... That whole East Division in the National League is kind of weird, though. I mean, the Phillies are the only team with a winning record, and they're 6-5. and five. Yeah. Well, that's a lie. I guess the Mets are 4-3, and three because they haven't played a whole lot, but... Yeah, well, yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, they're they're both one game over five hundred. Like, mm-hmm. that entire division still... Obviously, this is all way too early, anything, but that whole division's a toss-up. All I know, boys, is that Jonathan India looks amazing. For the Reds, which is great. I love him, dude. 
He's, he he's he plays almost as good as his hair looks. Oh, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Because his hair looks good, <laughs> and he's been playing real good. He's got some nice hair. No, he, he's been playing out of his he's body. Got some he's got He's great. He's a beast, dude. I've been hearing Hunter Green has been hitting over 100 in the pin while he's been training right now, pitching. So I like that. We get him back this year, that'd be great. And all I have to say is Castellanos is my MVP. He's the man. Love that dude. I love Cassianos. Absolute baller. Just an absolute baller. That's all I have to say about and him. The, it's just amazing. It feels like he always... When the Reds started out, too. Go yeah. ahead. No, you go. I was going to say, it was really crazy to see like Cassianos, Winker, Barnhart, like all hitting over 400. Naquin was doing inc- insane, too. Like... Just so wild that the two worst hitters on the start of the season were Joey Votto and Eugenio Suarez. Right. Like some of our best hitters previously. By right. the way, Votto going into the bay the other day was sweet. And then he and then he hit a dinger in the in his first at bat the next game. So oh, he's I love that. he's woken up a little bit in San Francisco. So I like he'll to be hear that. picking it back up. I like to hear that a lot. But it seems like Castellanos just hits like has a hit, at least when I'm watching the Reds, which isn't super often, but when I am He's always having a hit in a clutch moment. Or I'll check my phone, and I'm like, oh, Red's update. I wonder who scored. It's like Castellanos double homer, or Castellanos singles, Castellanos doubles, and Jonathan India scores. I'm like, this is great, dude. He's, his name's always popping up on my phone. Oh, yeah. So I'm loving what Moose he's doing Tocas for the Reds. Moose has been playing great, too. Yeah, the Moose is loose, dude. The Moose is loose right now, and it's great. I know... Really uh, Votto said we haven't had a character like guy like that since in or not since in a long time here in Cincinnati, and I'm like, oh, probably since the mayor. That's what he said about Mustakis. Yeah. Wow. Like, or maybe he, I don't know if he meant at first, wherever, whatever he said, wherever Moose is at third, right? Yeah. There's a good video somewhere. I think it's uh, I think it's Votto and. I know it's Votto, but I think maybe Moustakis is there with them too, where they're at batting practice. And there's a Giants fan chirping them about how, like, hey, are you guys going to score a lot of runs in, like, the first inning? Like, I'm trying to put a bet down. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And uh, and Votto and Moustakis were chirping him for being a bad fan. He's like, why are you going to bet on, like, the other team scoring runs against your boys? Yeah, that is funny. He's like, I'm just trying to make money. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get some insider info. Right. Hilarious. Right. And then Votto wound up hitting a dinger first first inning. Of course. So I should have bet on him. Should have bet on him, yeah, should've. exactly. Should have. Should have done it. Um, all right, well, we'll touch on some more baseball here later in the show, but we just want to get a little off our chest since we haven't talked about it too much. But we'll get to the more stats, more data-driven stuff here with Big Dill at the end of the end of the show. So moving on to the second quarter here, boys. We're going to take a look at the NBA standings here because there's about 18 games left, so less than 20 for most teams. Um, I'm going to read off just the standings here for the East and the West real quick. And then, actually, you know what? No, yeah, I'll do that. And then we'll go, do you guys think there's going to be more movement in the East or the West right now with how tight some of these standings are? And then who is your biggest surprise this year in the NBA? So, in the East... We have the Sixers, then the Nets, the Bucks, the Hawks, the Celtics, the Heat, the Hornets, the Knicks, the Pacers, 
and the Bulls, and then the Raptors are kind of hanging around there, but they might drop off because remember, there's 10 teams that make the playoffs this year with the play-in game tournament. So just to give you a little perspective there too, there is only two games separating the Celtics in the five seed and the Knicks in the eight seed. So pretty tight here in the east. And then over in the west, the Jazz are the top seed. So let me repeat that again, the Jazz. So team you probably would not have expected if you were talking this time last year. Obviously, if you've been paying attention this season, you know that the Jazz are dominating. Another dominant team, the Suns. We have the Clippers at the three seed, Nuggets the four, Lakers five, Blazers six, Mavericks seven, Grizzlies eight, Spurs nine, and the Warriors ten with Zion and the Pelicans lurking right around there at the 11. So there is, what, three games between uh, the Clippers and the Lakers, but then between the Lakers and the Blazers, there's also two games. So there's it's pretty tight here in the West, one game separating the Mavericks and the Spurs. So might not be as tight as the East, but there's a lot of tight spaces that could be swapped here in the West. Which side do you think will have more movement Doge, I'll send it to you first. I see a lot more movement going on in the East if I if I had to put on my future seeing glasses. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I mean, with the Hawks, they're sitting at seven and a half back right now. I mean, you go all you had have to. <laughs> I can't even talk. <laughs> You'd have to go all the way down to the Knicks, um, to the eight seed, and they're only two games back. So I mean. Yep. To think of anyone, you know, from four to eight potentially moving around over the course of just a couple games, um, I see a lot of shuffling going on there. Um, so, especially with the possibility of, of ten teams getting in, obviously that ten border is kind of a lot closer in the West, with the Pelicans being only one game out of that ten spot, yep. whereas the Raptors sitting a couple games out and then, you know, five games behind where the nine seed Pacers are, so... It's really the fight for the 10 between the Bulls and the Raptors, but it's a lot closer there in the West where, yeah, you know, Grizzlies, Spurs, Warriors, Pelicans, even the Mavs, you know, those are a bunch of teams that could be in that 10 slot come end of the season. So um, I'd say there's going to be more movement in the East overall, but kind of those last few spots, like the last few teams in, I think that's going to be more of a fight in the West than it will be in the East. So your, your East 10 are pretty much locked in. Yeah, I'm it's just the order. I, I wouldn't count the Raptors out, but I'm saying like I don't think anyone's jumping to the nine. I think the top nine in the East are are staying in that nine in some fashion. Okay, I got you. Then I think the Bulls and the Raptors. It's going to be one or the other in the ten spot. Okay. I'm probably just more aware of it because I am a diehard Celtics fan, and I check the schedule or the standings after every win they have, but. If we would have done this pod last week, like last Thursday, we would have been talking about how the Celtics were the 8th seed and the Knicks were the 5th seed and how, you know, the Celtics need to start moving up. And now we're on a four-game win streak, and here we are at the 5. Now, I think we're going to keep rolling because we seem to be hitting a groove right now, and, and Tatum has to have an inhaler apparently before games, so maybe that's really why he's stepped his game up because he can breathe now after COVID, uh, which is actually just wild in itself, but... He's actually been a lot better, so that may be a reason. I know people asked him, and he kind of said that that's maybe one thing. But I think they're going to start trending that way. I think the Heat are kind of starting to groove. The Hornets, uh, without LaMelo, they're kind of staying where they are. The Knicks kind of bouncing around. But a lot of these teams are going to have to play each other, too. So 
which obviously is going to happen in the West, which has a lot of tight teams with the Lakers not having anyone healthy right now. They're kind of free-falling, which is helping some of this movement happen. Um, the Blazers obviously trying to move up. The Warriors really trying to be aggressive. Mavericks want to be in there. The Pelicans, Zion's rolling right now. The top three for the West are definitely set. The Nuggets, I would imagine, are still going to win, but with Jamal Murray being out now, <clears throat> that could cause the movement that way. Like Maybe the Blazers go up to the four spot because they're just going on a tear while the Nuggets have to fight a little bit harder now. Um, there's going to be a lot of movement in general. So this is why they kind of added the play-in run here because with it being the eight spot, there would be some movement, but not not as much because there's not as many spots that have you know movable pieces. So they add this 10. Now you get the 11 spot, which is kind of somebody that's really interested in maybe making it. Like the Raptors, I think the Raptors are going to maybe fall off Try to get a good pick here. But with the Pelicans only being one game, like they're do or die every game. Same with the Warriors, which is why Steph has been going off. So, all that I mean, being said. The Raptors said, are only two behind the Bulls, though. I, they're right behind them. I don't, don't get me wrong. I just. The Bulls made a big trade, so they got to be extra hungry to make it. So, with them having the uh-huh. lead right now, I think they're going to work. They're just not going to want to give that up. So, I just see them staying where they're at rather than the Raptors overcoming that. Unless the Pacers fell out, which I just don't really see either. Because they're getting Karis yeah, LeVert. Yeah, they have to overcome five games. Right. Five well, games they're getting Karis LeVert kind of back into the mix too, so they're adding a weapon. Like, I don't think the Pacers are going to get worse. So, I see the Raptors kind of staying put right now. But we'll see. They're, Nick Nurse is no joke. And he can he can make up a two-game deficit without a doubt. Old He's Billy, coach. Hey, Billy D. Billy D in Chicago ain't no joke either, boys. Well, I mean, hey, what about... Love me some Billy D. What about Russ and Brad out in Washington, tied with Toronto? Like, I mean, yeah, you're right. You can't count them out. But you know who we can count out, unfortunately? Scotty Brooks. Not a huge fan. But, well, Russ, if Russ is going to keep getting you 26, 14, and 14 like he is every night... And then Brad just gets and Bradley Beal's just Bradley Beal walking. I'm a Bradley walking bucket Beal. Like yeah, they could certainly they could certainly do it for sure. It's like it's very exciting. It's very exciting. So I'm gonna have to say the East because it's so tight right now. With every day, every win move makes them like a move. But I don't know if the there's gonna be too much movement where the teams are right now, like where they end. Like but daily movement in the East will be. A lot, but I think it might end up looking a lot like it is right now in the East. Whereas the sure. West is going to look a lot different, but it might not be as much daily movement, if that makes sense. So I'm going East for most movement here. I'm going to be the opposite of you two, and I'm going to say the West. Uh, I think that Denver, I don't know if they're going to have much moving forward. Like They might not even make it. If Jokic is going to be the MVP, this is how we're going to know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Wilma, like right? If he now. has an MVP year, or like if, if he he's keep, never gonna win it, if he they has stay to do put it. or move up, he will be the MVP. And you can Jamal Murray may be a nice. That's trade. a huge loss for them, like, dude. He really helps with the offense and just I don't know. Like he's a dog in the in the playoffs, but... dude. It's the pick and roll is so tough. They're like between those guys. I think Golden State's gonna make it. I think New Orleans is gonna make it. I have a feeling San Antonio is, so who's the team that is left out? I think it's the guy, the team that just lost their guy in an all-star. 
with the Nuggets. Like I think they could They're seriously fall that far. They could drop. Whoa, I mean, that's man. the thing, dude. Those teams have to be above five hundred, and I they have to so. basically go like two and fifteen to get in, almost. Oh, I gotta pull up that strength of schedule graphic. So they're playing how many games? Like usually about eighteen left, or seventy two total. Excuse me. Okay, that's what I thought. So they're playing seventy two. Let's see. Quick math. There's no way they go from 4 to 11, man. So they have 18 games to make up uh, 9 or more games. So The Nuggets have to, to lose go plus so nine. Many. I mean, like, they... Okay, so... They could. I mean, like, I just don't... Nuggets think... would have to go, like, 4 and 14, and Pelicans five. would have to go, like, 13 and 5. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly so not out not. of the question, but I don't... I don't know if they're going to win more than four, but... The I Nuggets will, the nuggets will be in the playoffs. There's no doubt in my mind. So are the Spurs dropping out, you think? Or maybe yeah. Memphis? Oh, yeah. They're not dropping out. I don't think so at I, all. I think the Spurs might, if anyone does. Spurs are the Grizzlies. Warriors are... I'm with you. Warriors are going to be in... Steph has... Dude, he's been... I want to see him. Pelicans might, the Pelicans just might not do it. They might not figure it out yeah. this year. But I think they're going to be in there. They've been really underwhelming. So, but Zion's been trending up with these thirty fours and tens. Like, yeah, he's kind of figuring it out a little bit too. He's been good. He's been grabbing a lot of buckets. Or, but you um, can't count out Demar Derozan <clears throat> mid raging you to death with the Spurs. <laughs> so I don't know. It's going to be exciting. This is going to be very very exciting. I like I. I'm not sure I'm a like I guess I am a fan of the play in, but we'll see how it actually turns out. But the rules behind it are interesting for sure. Where like yeah, like what happens? I don't, with it? I so don't here's love how that two thirds of the league makes it in. What do you say? Yeah, well here's here's what's even weirder is like so to start the tournament. If I'm yeah to start the tournament, the seven and the eight play each other, right? And whoever wins that is the seven seed. Okay. And then the 9 and the 10 play each other. Whoever wins that has to play the 8 and I think beat them twice to be the 8 seed. But the whoever was the 8 has to beat them once. Has to beat them once. So right now, that would be the Hornets versus the Knicks in the East for the 7-8 and the Pacers versus the Bulls. So the Pacers, let's say the Pacers beat the Bulls in the first game. They'd have to beat... Uh, probably the Hornets, because I think the Knicks would win that matchup as it stands right now. So to go Pacers versus Hornets in a two-game series, Pacers have to win twice, which is potentially doable, or the Hornets have to win just once, which would be a very interesting. The West, it would be Mavericks playing the Grizzlies, and then the loser of that would play the winner of Warriors versus Spurs, which would be awesome. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah. if the Lakers keep dropping, dude, what if they're one of those teams? Because LeBron and AD, they're just like, let's just rest them. It doesn't matter to us. Like, we're going to smoke everybody we play. doesn't matter the seed. doesn't matter the home field. Like, when we're healthy in the playoffs and it's LeBron yeah, AD. They'd have to drop, what, four games yeah. to the Mavericks to down to seven. Right. They're about to drop it's one tomorrow because they're playing the Celtics, so that's a, that's an L. So just why don't That's you mark them down for three? They already lost. They already they already lost one. Oh God, I better knock. On yeah, some, I, mean, I better knock Lakers on some go, wood for that, dude. That was. The Lakers could go nine and nine, 
Well, what? No, what are they? How many games do they have left? They have fifty-five, so they're at, they have seventeen left. So let's say they go nine and eight. They could and go worse. Like one, Mavs, one of those guys come back. You know. Looks like the Mavs have nineteen games left, so they have more left, more games left too. Yeah. Mavs could go like fourteen and five. They're about to win tonight. And Lakers go five. We got Mavs, Mavs Grizzlies Mavs. tonight, so that could switch this up completely. You're right. Well, yeah. Mavs won't lose their spot to the Grizzlies even with a loss, but I'm just saying they'd be could, right there. They could tighten it up, you know, one way or another, or spread it out. That's what I'm saying. Either this way. Brooklyn Philly game has been wild. I don't think Brooklyn's gonna be able to complete the comeback, but not a chance. Thirty five seconds left, five point game, fight for fight for the one seed. Yeah. It'll be the Sixers with Embiid back, I bet now. Embiid did just walk to the locker room with like eight minutes left in the fourth. Wow, we're way ahead of you. Well, I'm saying that was a while ago. Oh, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> just, there's, there's, 30, there's 32.8 we're, seconds. Yeah, like, we're an entire quarter ahead of you. Yeah, he's yeah. on the court now. I was going to say, I, I see him on the court with 30 seconds. I was like, man, that's crazy. Cause I'm, no, I hadn't seen him back yet, but I saw a little while ago he walked <laughs> off to the locker room with something. So it's good to be back. Yeah, He's on my fantasy basketball team. I need him to perform, even though I'm definitely not. Dude, I can't believe right I've... Well, I'm sorry, fans. For, let me just vent for one second. I can't believe I benched... Paul George and Kemba last night against you, Doge. I'm playing you this week, of course. Are you really? Yes. Dylan's been listening <laughs> to me bitch about it all week because I've been I've sitting been, my I've guy. I've been bad at keeping track of that team. Having to, I tried to set my my lineups ahead of time, but with all the injuries, especially since I haven't beat on my team in Kawhi, those yeah, guys dude. have been day to day for eighty percent of the season. Paul George, right here, dude. I, I feel your pain. Anthony Davis, Kevin Love, we're all over. Kemba Walker, we're all over the place. But we're in first place, baby. Let's go. You're going down, Doge. Let's move into halftime. Nobody wants to hear about my fantasy team. Nobody wants to hear about my fantasy team. Um, So, into halftime. Dill, it's your time to shine, brother. Where can we find the Cheap Seats Network? Specific been, social media because we got waiting gotta, for this. SM. I would say we got to bust it out too because the pick and roll is back. So it's the cheap seats is really back now. We are we are not nosebleeds. We're cheap seats. But on Facebook, you can find us. The cheap seats network. Yep. 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 Okay. Then at Twitter. At the underscore cheap underscore seats and SN stands for what guys no hints given this week because it's, it's an easy one of course it is they're never easy bro it, this one is easy I guarantee it guarantee guarantee soccer nation FCC opening this week at Nashville come on okay it's a you know valiant effort. It's not gonna be it. It never is it. It's always like that's, damn, that's good, but no, not it. I tried to do one of these on the last episode by myself. 
didn't go well. Just cut it. <laughs> just cut the whole thing. <laughs> oh. Just like this conversation right now. So get some snip. No. I'm thinking. I want to say you've, I like hold that. on. I would like to reverse after you though. Here's the another. hint. Here's the hint. I've got one. I'm pretty sure Doge has already guessed it, oh. but it wasn't it that week. That doesn't help me. That doesn't help me at all. I don't remember any of the things I guessed because everything's so absurd. I was just gonna say sad news for Jamal Murray. Just sad. You know. Nope. What about Stripes Nation? Bengals New Jersey's coming on Monday. I'm a Browns there it fan. Is. Stripes Nation, that's it. Nope. What about Stripes it News? For Jadavian Clowney's super new in Cleveland. <laughs> SN stands for Sports Nut. Sports Nut. Unbelievable we go back that. to the I basics. have guessed that before. I can, Why is that easy? It's so in the box. Like, because I'm normally all over the place with, like... That is outside of the box. <laughs> sacrilegious nepotism or like something that's just like huh super nudes I mean like sure. they literally normally don't make any sense whatsoever so the fact that this one was like actually like no I oh, liked okay. it I liked like, it for sure sports yeah. related sure no I was so, good sports nut dude I'm a sports nut yeah SN stands for sports nut It was a good one, Doge. Whether you liked it or not, you should probably tell us how to find the clubhouse. Sure. You can find us on Facebook. It's the clubhouse. Twitter and Instagram are the same handle for for both platforms there. You get clubhouse underscore TCSN for sports. For the Cheap Seats Network. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes more sense. Yep. Clean cut. Nice and easy. Alright, one more shout out here before we get into our third quarter. We got to shout out our guys at Platinum Digital Solutions. They've been putting together some of our graphics and stuff, working on some other stuff behind the scenes. Uh, give them a shout out on Instagram, on Facebook. They're also doing a lot of other good stuff for some other major, major companies and stuff. So if you're looking for anything media wise, any kind of website, any kind of graphic, any kind of other, you know, search search engine optimization. These are your guys. Give them a call. Platinum Digital Solutions. Shouts out, Jarrett. Moving on. Third quarter. Doge. Why don't you take the wheel or why don't you take the, uh, I guess you could say golf cart wheel here. It's a little master's update. What do we got? Yes, we're coming off one of the most exciting weekends of of the entire golf calendar year it's masters uh you know seems like only a few months ago that we were talking about the previous masters and that's because right it was only five months ago that we last had it because of covid they played in november last year but back to playing in april the flowers were in bloom it was gorgeous out there and uh hideki matsuyama Mm -hmm. took home the w first japanese major winner First Masters win by anyone from any of the Asian countries. Wow. Um, so representing an entire continent, Hideki Matsuyama, good for him. Um, really cool shot of his caddy after they mm-hmm. won. He took the flag off of the 18th pin, 
put the pin back in and then bowed to the course. Uh, really cool shot there. And, uh, you know, shouts to him. Pretty cool stuff. And did you guys get to watch a whole lot of it this weekend? I watched a, um, I watched a decent amount on the final day and then a little bit on Friday. Um, a little via laptop there at work. But sure. I didn't watch too much on Saturday. Uh, but it was, uh, I don't know, it was definitely entertaining. He was in the lead most of the time. There's a little bit of, you know, moment on Sunday where he was in the water where it was like, oh, but no, no one was really going to, nobody was going to catch catch him. He was having a great day and uh, you know, just really hitting the ball well. So, Hideki, man, a great, great Masters. Sure. I was going to well ask, earned. you know, if you guys had any special favorite moments coming out of the weekend there. Ooh, um, favorite moment. I gotta say, well, yeah, I'll just or just favorite part of the weekend doesn't have to be one specific. No, no, the, my favorite moment is Adam Sandler tweeting at that uh, Will Zalatoris, Will Zalatoris, yeah. and just saying, you know, that's that had to be so cool for that for that kid. I know he played super well too, so um, you know he seems to be like he might be around for a little while if he can keep that up for sure. But uh, he seemed like he didn't crack under the pressure at all, and and obviously you got Adam Sandler hitting you up on Twitter, you know, playing a little banter with you, that's always a good time. So I would say that's probably my favorite moment, seeing some of the younger guys since there was no Tiger, obviously, unfortunately, you know, uh, with the tragic accident. But, you know, he's always a guy I'm looking forward to watching when I, when the Masters comes around. So without him, it was a little interesting this year, for sure. Yeah. It, for the people that didn't see, yeah, the Will Zalatoris, young kid that was playing, um, looks a lot like Happy Gilmore's caddy from yeah. the movie and Adam Sandler gave him a shout out and everyone was giving him grief for it but uh fun fact is that I think Happy Gilmore the movie is older than Will is yep <laughs> I think it's like a 25 years since the movie was made and I think Will's 24 so a little fun fact there Dylan any cool moments fun, fun he looks he looks like he's 16 he looks young dude, and he's thin mm-hmm. but he can hit the ball good for him oh yeah sorry go ahead Dylan no, you're good. I also saw his his uh, clubs with the special print on there. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, we just we just hit the 25 year mark that we talked about for Happy Gilmore not too long ago. Yeah, I brought up. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that's definitely got to be a cool moment, uh, especially if you probably were watching that as a kid growing up. Um, you know, just seeing like all the funny moments from that movie, like just a classic in that sense. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I, I had to work my other job this weekend, sure. so uh, I didn't get to see much of the actual play. I followed the leaderboard, kind of seeing, like, who was hot, like, if I recognize any of the names or not, like, those kind of things, just like, I'm always checking scores for active sports. Um, I enjoy seeing some of the shots of the course, and just, like, the scenery of it. Uh, TJ and I kind of talked about how premium, uh, premium of like a club that is, and like yeah, dude. that like we go to golf courses, we're, we're like, oh yeah, this is nice, and then you go to like a country club, you're like, oh yeah, this is like definitely nicer, and then you go to pro courses and the Masters, and you're like, holy cow, dude, these things are like that place immaculately like kept, immaculate, bro, on another level, and it's yeah. just kind of sweet how it has this like. I don't know another word to say this, but like cults are normally in like a negative, derogatory way. Like if you say something's like I just feel like it's like a mystery or like a, um, just like because it's so exclusive of like yeah, buying like any the of their exclusivity, stuff. Exclusivity, right? 
makes it feel like because you can't get in there. You know what I mean? Like right. it's something that you can't do as like a normal human being. So you can't just walk there, right? You can't just go visit it. Yeah. Right. And like when you hear that it's like time for the masters. Yeah, you hear Jim Nance talking about it. It's like, it's oh, like, here we go. Hello, friends. And he goes into some sort of Augusta talk and whatnot. But, yeah, no, it was cool that he got to win. Um, what was your favorite moment, Doge? Yeah. There were a lot of cool ones. Uh, obviously, Will Zalatoris playing out of his mind at such a young age was really cool. Um my favorite moment was for the first few days where I thought I was actually going to win some money on it. <laughs> I know, dude. I know. We were riding our boy. So, so pre-tournament, I, I wound up getting a little cheddar down on Justin Rose. $5 to win 400 It's like plus 8000 or something. Eight. Just a, a small little bet out there just to make things interesting. And then he shot 700 on the first night. And I was like, oh my god, yeah, like, here he's, we freaking he's go. He just run away with this. And then he just played very mediocre for the rest of the weekend. And I watched everyone else start to pass him on Sunday. And it was yep. kind of sad. But it's a bummer. <laughs> the, the Thursday and Friday of actually having some hope of, of winning a bet in such a long time was, uh, uh. was the fun part for me. No, but I mean, obviously, watching some of the young guys, uh, which kind of takes me on to my next topic here. Uh, just seeing all the different young talent, new faces kind of showing up on the leaderboard. Um, wanted to talk about, you know, is this our next wave of talent? You know, the last one kind of seemed like it was, you know, the DJ, the the Rory McIlroy wave. Um, but we've got this new wave of Hideki Matsuyama, Will Zalatoris, Xander Shoffley, Jordan Spieth, Corey Connors, John Rahm, Cameron Smith. So eight players that all finished in the top 10 are in their 20s. So, um, very exciting. Of those guys, you know, are there any guys you're super excited to, to continue to watch? Who do you think is going to be best out of that group? Um, you know, it, it's it's really cool seeing all those young guys coming out of that, you know, top 10 for Masters. Yes. So, any favorites out of that group, T? I got one, I got one more moment. That I that was my favorite of the weekend. That was Dustin Johnson having pigs in a blanket at his master's dinner. That's freaking amazing. One of my favorite <laughs> snacks. So I have to give him a shout out for that. That's just that's a big baller move. He's just making it's a master's ball. dinner. Chefs make pigs in a blanket. It's so funny. So carrying on, I want to. Am I able to add Brooks Kepka to this list? Because I just love Brooks Kepka. But I know he was injured. You can toss him in there. I, was, I threw up those guys just because they were all top 10. I was going to say, I know he was top 10, he, but he fell out because he was injured. But I'm a big fan of his. I'm a big Spieth guy because he likes to talk to himself on the course. I, I, I've been doing that a lot here at the ranges. I'm starting to get in golf a little bit. I've been chatting myself like Spieth, just always talking. Yeah. So I, I'm a big fan of that. So you get better. Hey, I'm like, and you know what? you got to give it up for John Rahm because he gets really pissed. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. So... Well, if that's the case, then it's perfect. Yeah. Well, Zalatoris, I, I like him a lot. He had a really cool interview on Pat McAfee. If you haven't checked that out, you definitely should. He just seems like a cool dude. I don't know much about Xander Shoffley or, or Corey Connors, so or Cameron Smith. Sure, sure. To be honest with you. Uh, so I like Matsuyama's name. It's fun to say. Him just sitting in the airport with his green jacket, like draped Hilarious. over the seat, is like unbelievable. Like, what a guy. I love I it. haven't seen that shot. I gotta look that up. He's just, like, sitting in the airport looking at his phone, and it's just, like, sitting on a seat right in front of him. Some... And he's just chilling. <laughs> yeah, it's like a photo from some guy saying, like, 
just in like a normal commercial like airport like Masters winner Hideki Matsuyama just like sitting there by himself and Green Jackets next to him like just like when he started walking away he had like a couple four or five buddies so they must have been like in the bathroom or like going to get some, some food, snacks right? Yeah, yeah so. apparently since he's, like, the premier Japanese golfer that, like, normally before COVID times, yeah. he would have this huge media entourage that travels with him everywhere. Yeah, kind of like a tiger club. To, yeah, SVP was saying it was, like, a mini tiger size because, like, it was all the, you know, the <clears throat> Asian and Japanese, well, I guess the same thing, but Japanese reporters and, like, other Asian country reporters because he was just, like, the superstar over there. Yeah. So good for him, man. That's so super cool that he won. Yep. Super I would say cool. oh, yeah. if John Rom gets upset about stuff, it kind of seems like it fits me well. Uh, I like hearing his name. Are you guys... Go ahead. No, John Rom. I'm a big John Rom. Yeah, guy. just like hearing his name like John Rom. Spanish guy, too. Got a little Spanish... I, I haven't watched the Spanish broadcast yet. Well, no, he just is from Spain, I believe. Uh, Oh, John Rom is? I believe so, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Oh, yes. wow. You gave me a look, Dush. Like I was like completely wrong, and I was like, "Oh man, I just put that." That's news to me. So, no, yeah, I, yeah. I don't. I mean, as we can tell, I don't follow golf extremely closely, but I do know the big players' names. Like, are you I know, I know them. Is for sure. Are you guys Bryson fans? I, I know he's young, and but he did not do top ten. But he's Bryson had some Tiller? wild stuff. Deschambeau. I am not a Bryson Deschambeau guy. I appreciate that he can hit the hell out of a ball, but I just don't. He just seems like kind him. of a, like I don't Dude. think I'd like playing golf with him. You know what I mean? No. Like a lot yeah. the guys that I like, like Spieth, I would like to play with him. Zalatoris, I would enjoy playing with him. Brooks Kepka, I would absolutely enjoy playing with. Like, my gosh, would that be fun? 100%. Justin Justin Thomas, I don't know if he's twenty. He might be thirty now. I think he'd be fun to play with too. Like those are some of my favorite golfers. Justin Rose, I'll tell a different. I'll tell a story about him when he wins a tournament. Uh, that we've, I think I've told before, so I'm not going to bore you again. But I love Justin Rose for that little anecdote I've had with him at the Memorial Tournament. So if you're if you're a fun guy and I think you'd be fun to golf with, that's kind of who I root for. And then Tiger. Would. Absolutely. I don't think Tiger. Tiger would just probably embarrass me, but it'd be fun at the same time. <laughs> you would just make fun of me the entire time. So you're oh, not. Sure. Oh yeah. You're I not. absolutely love that that Jordan Spieth has kind of found his way back into the the conversation in the top tens, and he had just had a win right before Masters weekend. So, yep. um, I love seeing him back in the mix. He yes. had a bit of a cold spurt, but uh, yeah, he does the same stuff every time I hit the ball. If it's not doing what I want, I'm always talking to it midair, and catching that on the on the broadcast is always fun listening to Spieth. Yes. So I, I enjoy that, but I'd say. I really enjoyed watching Will Zalatoris. They had yes. some good stories about him coming out of college where he would win tournaments by 10, 11 strokes over the next guys. And just apparently he's just one of the best ball strikers around. And he's clearly showed that coming in at such a young age and having success right at the Masters. So where did he go, Doug? I'm looking you know? forward to watching him. Do you know where he went to that? school? Uh, off the top of my head, no. But I, if I had to guess... I want to say, like, I could be super wrong in saying this, but I think it's Texas Tech. I'm I was going to say, I had a t- Texas something was in my mind. So if it's Tech, that, I, yeah, I could see it. Or just Texas, maybe. No, I'm super wrong. Pac-12? Stanford. Kidding, I don't know. Dude. He went to Wake Forest. Oh, oh dang. Some Demon Deacons, dude. Do you remember Demon Deke? License plate? <laughs> 
Yeah, I do, actually. Jeez. Ridiculous. <laughs> Some good old Demon Deacon. Good old Wake Forest. A little Chris Paul action. Yeah, nice. I love a good Wake Forest call out, you know? Yeah. Should do it more often. <laughs> Just call out random the universities with a, with a fact. Sure. A little factoidial. But yeah, I'm I'm really excited watching Will Zalatoris moving forward. I think yes, he's gonna be dude. awesome. He's gonna be sweet. If you if have you have listened to that Pat McAfee interview goes yet? I haven't. I'll need to go. Dude, in he's and like listen. seems like he's like such a bro. Like Kepka level, like this guy, Ooh. like I would love to go out with this guy, Zalatoris. Like Oh. He just I mean, seems I like it. he's he's what, two years younger than me, three years younger than you guys? Like he's just a Hey, hey, hey. He probably likes a lot of the same stuff we do. <laughs> yeah, but like you, there's people that are our age that are not cool, that I would not like to drink a beer. With. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. So I'm no, glad that he fits that category. He could be very good for golf. Is my point. Yeah. Very good for golf. I could talk to him about having an August birthday and being a Leo. Yeah. Yeah. It's nine days behind me. <laughs> How come you haven't talked to him about that yet? I don't know. I'll have to get him on the pod. Yeah, yeah. Save it for the pod, I agree. Yeah. Jeez. Will, <laughs> if you're listening, you're always welcome to give us a call, man. <laughs> always, right. Yep. Please there you go. Up. Hey, uh, uh, I'm looking forward to watching those guys the rest of the year. A few more majors coming up, obviously, and Masters always kicks it off. So Yep. Uh, should be an exciting summer watching those young guys play. So, like, yes. like you're kind of mentioning here, Doge, like, for people who are kind of, like, in my realm, if not, like, they pay attention to golf, but they don't know every single player in golf. Um, getting your name, you know, in the top ten of a huge uh, tournament um, in the Masters, like, that's that's definitely huge for people to start hearing them as they're younger. You know what I mean? Like, so that's just going to help them even more having success in these huge tournaments so totally of course yeah like i think that was a million dollar payout for will zalatoris yeah so like, it was can you 1. imagine 2. having a million dollars when you're 24 1.2 i, I think it, I, i've heard his dad's got some doughboy some, some, some cheddar. cheddar cheese like blocks of cheddar cheese maybe <laughs> so <laughs> just discs some, of some aged still either way cheddar. nobody's gonna scoff at a million bucks yeah I'm just that's what I've heard. I don't know if for, that's true or for not. For four days work. Right. Just a little little time on the course. <laughs> Talk about an investment, dude. Jeez. <clears throat> no doubt. Which moves us on though. Yes. Moving on here. Well uh well fourth quarter, big deal. Take us over. What do we got here? Yeah, so back to baseball. Mention a little bit about the standings of baseball, but I want to get more into the players and yeah, you know, people that we kind of had in mind going into the season as far as being successful in their different roles. Um, mention a couple teams that are being a little bit, a little bit odd for yes. us. You know what we thought was going to happen. So, like I said, getting into the players, um, really just want to discuss the league leaders right now. If you guys see them being. Um, you know, around at the top the whole season, or is this just they're coming out of the gate hot? First ten games, eleven games, nine games, seven games for the Mets and yep. Nats. But yep. you know, first what three weeks? Yeah, first three weeks of baseball, two weeks of baseball, two weeks. Two. We're, we're going into we're into the third. Right yeah. Now. Yep. So I'm just gonna name off. Uh, I guess first I'll start with the Triple Crown. So. 
Uh, batting average, I'm going to do top three in the main categories, and then we can just kind of okay, yeah, figure it out from there. See if anybody's eligible, I guess, or who's... Um, so, look like it. What's up? batting average, uh, yeah. Yerman Mercedes Yerman at a 485. Day. That's pretty good to start, almost batting 500. Yeah. Uh, Cedric Mullins with a 442 average. It's also pretty solid up there. And then Nelson Cruz... At a four thirty eight average, so dang um, there. Yeah, I mean, people have started off the year. He's pretty like hot. a dinger hitter. Yeah, he's a power guy. So like, that's kind of are the other guys. Uh, they are not in the top. Um, as far as uh, home runs, but top three, neither is Nelson Cruz. But his power isn't an issue. No, like, no, no, I'm just he's so known. He's known for being a home run guy. He'll you know get his like, home runs. I just don't. Is the Yerminator like actually like a power guy? That's the guy I'm talking about. I honestly hadn't ever heard of that player before. I've seen him all over social media as the okay. Yerminator, and that's it. Okay. Doge? He has two home runs on the year so far. Okay. So that leads us into home runs. Yes. Good old Wilson Ramos. Sure. And JD Martinez leading the league with six. Yeah, so for people who don't know who JD Martinez is. It stands uh, for it's just dingers. Just dingers. That's what so it stands for. Very similar to the SN category is JD. Yeah, so just dingers. And then Byron Buxton. Ooh. Uh, with five home runs. So Who does the, he play for? So also I've never heard of that guy. When I was trying to type these in, Buxton, it kept wanting to change their last names. So I'll get to one last name that I really liked. That I'm, it's now his nickname for me. Like, oh, I was mentioning being on uh, the basketball reference page. Yeah, like calling him nicknames and stuff. This will be on his basketball reference page. Okay, looking uh, forward to that. Byron, baseball reference. Baseball reference. I know, but it's just funny because NBA yeah. just has wild nicknames. Yeah, yeah. Kobe Wade. Uh, so yeah, he's yeah. on the Twins. He's a twin bagger. Okay, sure, that makes sense. Um, Give me those ribbies. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I think Nelson Cruz is going to be up there for home runs at the end. You know, I'm just I'm curious about his batting average being the highest in the league. That's wild. Um, all right, so moving on to RBIs. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Moving on to RBIs, I have GD Martinez, number one in the league with 16. Just stingers. So the Red Sox offense has been pretty surprising, and so is their pitching, which is kind of what we talked about earlier, yeah. just leading to nine straight wins. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyler Naquin for the Red Baggers. Yep. He's got 14, tied with Nate Lowe. Former Indian bagger. Uh-huh. Yeah. Naquin. Gotta love it. Yeah, he, had, he, was, he was hurt on and off that last year with us and couldn't do much in the playoffs, but had some... Key hits. Uh, tied with Nate Lowe with 14. Sure. Okay. And then Rafael Devers, another Red Sox guy. Yeah, he's been good. He's got 13. And Michael Franco. Isn't that Devers? What'd I say? Devers? Devers, Devers. I don't know. Did I, I say Devers? I think Devers. it's Rafael Devers, right? Is it Rafael Devers? Either way. Sorry. Uh, I made it to mine. Deaver, Daver. Daver? Deaver, Daver. Could be Daver. <laughs> Daver? Raphael Davers. Raphael Davers? Yeah. Probably not Davers. I'm kidding. So, Raphael Davers. <laughs> Devers has 13 and Franco has 12. So, mm-hmm. I mean, 
here's how I look at things. You're going to have, sense. you know, 100-plus RBIs from people. And, like, when we were talking about the NBA uh, changing and moving around with uh, swapping uh, rankings, mm-hmm. that, like, the teams are still capable of winning that many games. You know what I mean? Like, there's still so much to go. Yeah. So I think that... A lot left. You know, these are real quick introductions to some of the league leaders right now. Just a little early snapshot, you know? But I think that Nelson Cruz and J.D. Martinez are going to be up there for Triple Crown takers. And I think that Abreu could be for the White Sox. I find it hard to believe, even looking at the number, that Nelson Cruz is in top three for batting average and for him to stay that way. I don't. J.D., on the other hand, for home runs and ribbies, I could see if the... The Red Sox are staying as hot. Let me give you guys a wild card that wasn't brought up in any of these. Give it to Madouj. Shohei Otani. Sure. Okay. Is batting 340, has four home runs, the league leader has six, and 12 RBIs, league leader has 16. So he's tied for fifth he's in RBIs. He's right there in all of them, right. Dude, he's right there in every single one of them. And the man goes out and pitches in the rotation. I'll say he seems like, seems like an MVP or to me. That's what I'm saying, dude. A man can do it all. I mean, if they finally get to the playoffs Pretty and he's important. healthy all year, yeah. then, like, yeah, he could. if he's doing that the entire year and pitching, dude, it has to be in the MVP conversation. When you're gassing over 100 and then also hitting – over 450 feet in the same game. Same inning. Same freaking Insane. inning, dude. I didn't know that. Yeah. Shohei Otani. So, the last time there's been a triple Beast. crown, uh, batting triple crown winner in the MLB was in 2012. Maybe? Miguel. Yeah. Yeah. Miguel Joey, Miguel Miguel Joey Votto yeah. was right there, too. It was close. That same year. It would be close. Um, if not... Even right before, too. So, I mean, it it doesn't happen all the time, but it does happen. Um, I'm trying to look up Nelson Cruz's RBI last year. Cause, or, uh, those guys are such... Average last year, because he was really good last those year. Those guys are such point. home run hitters that I just find it... It's going to be tough for me to believe that they're going to do the batting average. And with the way people te- like swing now. like So, he's batted over 300 uh, the previous two years. Who? Nelson Cruz. Wow. Now, granted... You know, the what last year was okay, it was fifty three games he played in. So like Yeah. I don't know, we'll see. Well they didn't they only play Yeah, like they had a limited season last year. Right. So like you He seems bet. to have picked up where he left off though. Right, yeah. Right. Like I think right. he's gonna be right around three hundred, like three ten. I don't so. watch a lot of baseball, so I could be completely wrong. People could be laughing at what I'm saying right now. Like they could be like Nelson Cruz is like probably gonna get the troll crown. I just said, like, the way baseball is and the way I know that he's, like, from my, how I know him before, with just hitting dingers all the time. Yeah, in Texas? Yeah. I just, I think it'll be tough, but, I mean, I don't know. So let me see what his, I mean, he's consistently It's so early, too. Like, 200s. he might just be hot right now. Any of these guys could just, like, who knows? Yeah. One of the coolest things, though, about J.D. Martinez, going back to him, because I think he's the other contestant in this uh, award is that when I was in Toledo for school, went to uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Mud Hens game, 
and just happened to be the game that JD was rehabbing um, in That's AAA. Sweet. And he just, every single time, I didn't know who he was at the time either, which is hilarious, because right before he got big, um, I was like, man, this guy, like his swing looked great. Every single ball he had was driven right God, between. He smoked it, I bet. Yeah, he, he hit like four doubles that game to right center and just went oppo taco between uh, center field and right field and like all to the wall, like drove in runs. Like the dude was just slaying. And then he does that in the MLB. So like he's he's a fun guy to watch. Like even though I hate the Red Sox because of them being in the same division as the Rays, he's fun to watch when they aren't playing him. If he wasn't fun, we wouldn't call him just dingers. Like, yeah. We, we just probably would just leave it at JD. Yeah. <laughs> very true. Very true. Um, okay, so we'll move on, unless you guys have something else about some batters, field players, if you will. Just quick note, too. Like, there could be somebody who's having a real cold start that could really yep. just be like, like, obviously he's not playing anymore, but like, let's say Ichiro was still playing and he was on the list, be like, all right, well, we know Ichiro's going to heat up and probably be around that batting average kind of title. So there might be somebody who's just not had a good start so far that might be yeah. sneaking up. I think Fernando Tatis and I think yeah. he could be up there, but he had a weird shoulder injury. Yeah. He uh, so he's been out. And then probably the other guy for the Braves, I think the Braves are going to end up being a playoff team. And Acuna. Uh, Robert Acuna. That's yeah. what I was going to mention, but I didn't. Like, just, they, dude, they're studs. Yeah, dude. Young studs. Beasts, man. Um, beasts. Yeah, and their teams are supposed to be good, too, so maybe they'll go for a run at the MVP if they're triple crown guys. Yeah, for sure. All right, so moving on to some pitchers, the opposite side of the situation. Oh, yeah. Potentially moving back to 61.5 feet, but currently at 60.5. For K leaders, so for strikeouts right now, I like this list, and uh, it's got some absolute just powerhouse pitchers in it. Shane Bieber... With 35 leading the league. Won the Cy Young last year for Cleveland. Corbin Burns with 30 Ks right now. Ahead of the top, uh, or the next three, excuse me, are all tied with 29 with Trevor Bauer, Garrett Cole, and Tyler Glass now of my beloved Tampa Bay Rays. So I think those guys are going to pretty much all be there. I think that Scherzer is probably going to get up if he's healthy the whole year. They haven't played that many games, so like that's who I was his next say start. Is, there's a name missing from this yeah. list that I think will be up there. But yes, everybody on this list, I think, will probably. I think Blake Snell could get up there. I think he's going to have a great year for the Padres. Yeah, no um, doubt. I'm trying to think who else doesn't pitch the contract. Shane Bieber has to be that good for the Indians to be good. So I think he might just stay right up there, just. Dyson people. Dude, he was so good last year, but then, he, like, towards uh, the play, like, when we were in the playoffs against the Yankees, dude, it was, because I remember being, like, between, like, okay, if the Indians win, they're going to play the Rays, but at least they'll play each other. I just don't like to have to root against one of my teams. Right. Totally. Whereas in football, I don't have that situation very often. Baseball with them both being in the AL. Yeah. I have to pick that. common, right? Yeah. Doge, what do you think about the guy in your city? <clears throat> do people talk about him up there, or do you see many Indians fans? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a Browns town, that's for sure. Yeah. You hear him talk a lot more about the Browns, but, but people like their tribe. You know, lots of people getting upset that they're changing their name from the Indians, but uh, no, they definitely still talk about it, and people like Bieber. 
Um, you know, obviously they were making some pushes back in 2016 when they had Bauer on the team and stuff like that. So, uh, obviously coming off the hype of the, the Cy Young, like, you know, they, they talk about their pitchers. They embrace their star pitchers when they're here. But, uh, no, that, I mean, all the talk is about the Browns. Like, you could be talking about how great Shane Bieber's been, and people will be like, oh, yeah, but we just signed Jade Van Clowney, so. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I totally see that. Dude, we've had some really good uh, pitchers up there. I mean, starting back with, like, CC Sabathia, Cliff Lee, Corey Kluber, DC. Trevor Bauer, oh, yes. like. Um, you had Syndergaard yeah. for a while, right? Uh, I don't remember that. I don't think so. Maybe, no, I'm tripping. What's the... I'm getting the names wrong. Correct. Who'd you have? Not Syndergaard. Did you say Carrasco, obviously? No. I'm thinking of somebody. Oh, not Carrasco no, either. CC. Carlos Carrasco. Who was the young dude with the with the long hair? Name started with a C, right? Uh, Mike Clevenger. Clevenger, yeah, Clevenger. yeah, yeah. Because we shipped him out last year when he couldn't contain himself. He's on the Padres, himself, right? Yeah, he's a Padres guy. Our rotation's nasty. He's uh, got his Tommy John he's come back from, though, so he's not going to probably pitch this year. But yeah, he's the one who we had to ship out because he couldn't contain himself without inviting Yeah, he was a COVID guy. Yeah. He was a COVID breaker. Out. Are you looking something up, Doge, to talk about it? looks like you're busy over there. No, it was, it, I was just, it was before we established it was for sure Clevenger I was typing it up okay, okay. then I was just looking up to different things about Clevenger sure so back to the K leaders I think Trevor Bauer is going to be up there along with I don't are you sure they just started inspecting his balls uh, yeah I think that he's going to try to come out and prove even more so now he said he takes it as a compliment yeah he said like cool inspect them that just means I'm pitching well yeah I appreciate it like, they I'm went pitching... and inspected his balls mid game no, they just pulled. Yeah, no. they, they they went up and they they made him yank his pants down. They said, "Trevor, those are some big boys." They're like cough twice. No, please. they uh they like took some of his uh, baseballs after the game and inspected them by the MLB. And because it's Trevor Bauer, it's a big story. But I guess they do that. They've done that to a lot of pitchers like this season already. So it's not like it's just like oh Trevor Bauer, and it's like he's just like dude, this is so common. Like you guys are hilarious. Thanks. Yeah. And then he goes and tweets about it. Yeah. And then he's like, I'll take all this publicity. Thank you guys. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Much appreciation. <laughs> he's such a troll. I love it. He's great, dude. He's, he's been. Witty. I love that he comments on all the Reds guys still too. Like it's great. I know. Oh, it's like home. wow. I wish you we had the money to pay you. It'd be super cool. Yeah. Same with the Indians, dude. That was nice for us. Yeah, dude. We had a it's cool that we've all had a little Trevor Bauer A little Bauer power action. Bauer power. So, that power almost action. leads me into my favorite nickname of the I was going to say, we haven't Apple gotten typos. to it yet, so. It's coming up, don't worry. Oh. Only one thing left, and that's oh. talk about some... <laughs> I was wondering what that was, dude. <laughs> ERA leaders. So, I think it's pretty, pretty late in the year to have... Four pitchers who are starting pitchers yeah, or have pitched over that? ten innings to not have an earned run. That's wild. So Joe it is Ross, wild, but it's not that wild. Well, I mean, that's eleven scoreless innings that you've had an earned run at least. Well, that's probably only two starts though, right? That's a pretty good start to the season. I feel I'm like not it's, saying it's not a good start. So I'm it's just like, saying like it's uncommon. There's not one run. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. 
So Joe Ross, Lance Lynn, Wade Miley all have zero, along with Joe Mushroom Musgrove Unbelievable. for the Padres. Also shout out because he threw the first Padres no-hitter last week. Um, and he's had 15 innings pitched already. He's from San Diego, too. The other guys have had 11, 13.2, 11, 15. Uh, when you first get to a starting pitcher, uh, Tyler Glass now actually has had two earned runs. He's go. got a point four six uh, earned run average in 19 and two-thirds innings. So... Hmm. Glass now was an animal. He was an ace last year. He's beast. Uh, I think that people saw him a little too because he's a power guy, and you can catch up to speed. But if you aren't able to like read a pitcher's ball and like figure out where he's going with his pitches, because they have you seen the graphics of like I think it's Max Scherzer who the yeah like it's where the ball's in the same path, flight path up until, until like, like the last second where yeah. it either stays up high or like sinks and falls and curves. Or goes outside. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, like, that kind of graphic, I think if you did one on Tyler Glass now, it would look a lot different, a lot more different from, like, what Scherzer's got. You know what I mean? Stuff-wise. Glass now is going to overpower you. So, like, in the playoffs, dude, you'll be able to eventually catch up to his 98-mile-an-hour fastballs. Sure. Because, I mean, a lot of pitchers throw 96-plus now. A lot of people throw gas, there's no doubt. So A lot of people throw some gas. I would love to see from him, as far as a Rays fan and just baseball and a pitcher fan, that he kind of implements a little bit more finesse into his game. You know what I mean? Because he's not going to be able to pitch 98-plus until he's 40. Yeah, right, you know what I mean? Right. Like he's not going to be like Roger Clemens, where well, he pitches like that his basically his whole career. He's got that Randy Johnson long body where he could last a long yeah, time. Yeah, you know? but like, he's bulky. He's a big bulky guy. So yeah, he's true. a strength guy. He's not like a string bean, but he is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's somebody else I was going to mention. I totally forget the name Sorry. of, but no, 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 you're good. So ERA leaders. I don't think we're going to see any starting pitcher with a zero ERA this year. And if they do... Oh, I was going to definitely say Wade Miley for the Reds. Wade Miley? Is he going to get hurt and not pitch the rest of the year? Or like... I, I'm kidding. That way you end up with zero. That'd be nuts. Maybe last year. I was really hoping... Maybe last gonna, year. I was really looking forward to there being an actual story for Joe Mushroom. Like, I was like, what is this story going to be why they I'm call I'm sorry that mushroom. it doesn't intrigue as much as I maybe highlight but, it to. But no, no, it does. I'm just saying when I saw it <laughs> earlier today, I was like, man, this is going to be sweet. Like, he's from San Diego, through the no-hitter. Do they call him Mushroom for some reason? Like, I don't know why, but it's just a typo. He so. just goes by Shroom. No, he just goes by Joe. <laughs> Joe Musgrave. Yeah. Grove. So I'm going to ask you guys, out of the ERA leaders... Who do you think is going to have that the longest? Hmm. So I guess when you say longest, you mean like just, who's going to give up their first earned run? I was just about to clarify. Who's going to have the most innings before they give up an earned run? That was going to be what my next clarification was, but I wanted to get that out from you to make sure I wasn't stepping on something else. Um, I was going to narrow it down to. Because uh, if it's day-wise, it could be flop because of when the rotation is. So I think the fairest way to say that is innings pitched. So I think you got to go, I don't know. I think I would go Musgrove because he's already got a four-inning lead on Miley and Ross. Okay. Inning and a 
five lead over Lance Lynn. He's coming off a no-hitter. See, that's kind of why I don't want to pick him, because he's coming off the no-hitter. Like, yeah, I'm with him. I'm with I think on that's, that. like, either, like, I think that's going to be tough to repeat, or he's going to be like, all right, got to do the same thing. Or people are going to be like, we've seen enough, you know, more tape on him, or I don't want to be the next guy to have the no-hit on him. So, I don't know. I feel like that puts a target on your back a little bit. Um, Lance Lynn's for the Cardinals, correct? So, uh, he's, he move? he's moved around so much, but no, he's, he's on the White Sox now. Oh, okay. Well, I was gonna say I'm not gonna pick him because he's on the Cardinals. So maybe I'll go Lance Lynn then. Yeah. But I'm gonna go Wade Miley because Reds. Okay. Homer pick. I'm in. Yeah. Let's I don't do care. It. Gotta go over the Homer pick. Sue me. Wade Miley. <laughs> he's not giving up a run this year. I he's said it already. Game. Put down. Two hundred <laughs> innings, no runs. What a bet that would be. Like if you bet that. We might buy an oil company with the plus odds that that would be, dude. Come on. You put down a dollar, you get a couple hundred grand. You get half access to. I don't even know. I mean, at the point. Mark Cuban's personal bank account. You can do that. You get a share of the. You got to double down, triple up, retire. Yep. I mean, you could retire right away on that one. You don't even need to double down or triple up. 200 down to win 1.8 billion. Right. Jeez. But yeah, right. I'm going home or pick for sure. Okay, yeah, I was gonna go Lance Lynn. So sure. he's an experienced pitcher. Like I said, he's been around all around the league, so he's been with all sorts of different coaches. And um, I think that the way that he used to pitch is definitely a lot different than what he does now. And I think what he does now is more effective uh, with his like skill set and talent ceiling, if you will. Like. I never thought that he was going to be a great pitcher watching him pitch for the Cardinals back in his first stint with them. Um, but I, I think that he was the kind of guy who like would have a prolonged career of just like a little bit better than mediocre above average. But I think that he's grown into pitching better more than just like having better stuff. Sure. He's a smarter pitcher, I think, is the better way to maybe describe that. So. Okay, yeah. Going Lance Linney. I like it. And he's not too many innings behind. So, like, yeah, I mean, he, he's... he can get through four outs and be tied with Musgrove right. in the next start. Right, right, right. Um, okay. Any other baseball here, Dill? No, I mean, it's, it's good, uh, dive, good dive into the numbers there early. Yeah, I'm I looking mean, forward to doing it. You we'll know. see how the trend. I'm a trendy guy. I don't well, really. We all know that. Come on. Yeah. I don't do TikToks, though. TikToks, as some people call them. Who? You've never heard, like, older people call them, what are these TikToks? Oh, no. I saw it on TikTok, so. That's funny. Just kidding. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> I'm just being a little lad. A little but, lad, he says. Yeah, I think I'm ready to. I'll say, all right, little lad, it's up to you. Ball in hand, buzzer beaters. Okay. Let's wrap up the show, boys. All right. I love this question, too, at the end of it. Really gets you thinking. So, after the departure... Good old Sean Miller. From where? Arizona Wildcats. Men's basketball. Um, they actually have hired longtime assistant of Gonzaga's only, Mark Few. He's been with them since 2000. Ooh. He's currently 46. I think that means that he has had a lot of experience at a young age under a coach who has been able to develop 
uh, Gonzaga into the powerhouse in the Pacific Northwest as they have been for the last however many years, and then even before that with the Adam Morrison team, like they've been good as a small school. Mm-hmm. So I think that uh, this guy Tommy Lloyd, Tommy Lloyd, is going to be a great coach for them. I think this is a super cool pickup for them. Like, hey, look, like we need to rebuild new culture. Nothing bad ever comes out of Gonzaga. Like, there's nothing. And I get that it's partially because of where they're at and they are a smaller school. Whereas in uh, Arizona, dude, everything's going to be highlighted. Well, they're like... So... You wouldn't know it because they haven't been it in a while, but they're like one of the bigger programs in college basketball yeah. from the past. But yeah, kind of like Indiana, where it's like... They just can't find the right guy. Good for them. For, I'm... Big fan of Mike Woodson and Thad Mata, that little team they got in Indiana. I think that's going to be huge. Because sure. Thad Mata probably can't handle the stress physically because of his stuff. But Mike yeah. Woodson also coached the Knicks. And, like, you know, like, that means something. Like, he coached yeah. the NBA for a lot of t- Hawks as well. You know? So. It brings me to my next question, though, which is why I wanted to yeah. ask you guys. Who reaches the Holy Land first? Lloyd in Arizona. Or Mark Few in Zagtown, USA. Lloyd. I don't know if you're going to be able to get a Jalen Suggs like that. Well, maybe. I don't know. I'm wrong. I'm sure Mark Few is going to do the same thing again because he's been doing it for a long time. But they had a really good shot this year. They had a really good shot this year. And they had one of the players that I thought could have changed like a game, like the a big, big game like that. You know what I mean? Like, Jalen Suggs is a guy who's, like, big-time, big-game moment guy. Yeah. And even that couldn't get it done because of the forces of Baylor and all their big-time guys, so. You said more of them. Yeah. Maybe, and, you know, who knows? Maybe Gonzaga would have been the two if they actually played in the season or whatever, and it wouldn't have been undefeated. So I, I'll probably say Lloyd because Arizona, I think you can get some bigger recruits. It's like that might be quicker to return to – it's glory, but Gonzaga isn't going to fall off next year either, though. So, like, they could be right back in it again, whereas Lloyd has to build it up. So, it's a really tough question. Does what about you? I'm in on Mark Few. Are you talking? You got? Are we talking win it all or just get to the Final Four? No, they. The Holy Land, as in the championship. Okay, that's okay. That's what I thought. That's what I was thinking as well. Winning a championship. Yes. yes. I still say Mark Few. This is clarifying for the fans. Yes, thank you. So I think that I think you can use making it an undefeated season all the way to the championship game. Like that's just got to be a huge recruiting tool. Like they've got to be bringing in other dogs. Like outside of that, just be like, yo, like come and like come and complete the run with us. Like we were so close. So they need some like other than bulldogs. They need like a couple German shepherds. They need like a Chihuahua. They need. They need more Jimmys and less. They need more Jimmys and less Joes. That's plain and simple. <laughs> yeah. More X's, less O's. Well, everybody's got Jimmys and everybody's got Joes, but you gotta have more Jimmys and Joes. They just had less Jimmys in that game, I guess. It could be it. I don't know if you if you haven't heard Barkley talk about that for like four minutes. Yeah, it's the Charles funny. Barkley rant. Super fun. We appreciate a good little chuckyism. I love Charles Barkley. He's hilarious. We mentioned it earlier with the guarantee. Guarantee. 
So, I I don't know, dude. I think that with seeing Mick Cronin and how quickly he turned UCLA around, like, Mick couldn't do things in the tournament before. With UC, because he could never get the guys, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think that it was really cool to watch some of his players, and I think that his recruiting classes, like, he can recruit talent, but I just don't feel like he develops his guys at all. Like, he always had good defensive guys, never had... Uh, good offensive guys. Like, they just couldn't ever hit that clutch shot. Like, real clutch guys. Um, and you can't... I don't know if it's you can't teach it, or he doesn't do it well, or it's just not his coaching style, but I think overall his recruiting class are going to be good moving forward. With that being said, I think Arizona, the same thing that you mentioned, T, is going to be the same way. Um, I don't know, dude. I could totally see Arizona getting there first and winning it first. It's such a toss-up. I don't know anything. I need to learn more about this Lloyd guy before I really make a call. But I'm just going program versus program. Programs? I think Gonzaga will be in the Final Four much quicker. But getting that last piece, dude, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. Who knows? I'm looking forward to watching them. Well, are there any uh, other buzzers that we need to beat right now? Doja's got a buzzer. I know he does. Are you beating it? Got one. I've got one. Yeah. Go first. So we've got this. We've got the second F1 Grand Prix on the horizon this weekend. Oh yeah. Like I mentioned last last week, you know, the Chinese Grand Prix was was canceled, postponed, whatever. But uh, going back to the Emilia Romagna Grand yes. Prix. Yes. I was gonna ask you what it was. Gosh. Yes. Emilio. <clears throat> so. Going to Italy, watch out for Ferrari making a big push, going to their their home country. Um, but the big dogs right now in F1 are Mercedes and Red Bull. So um, we'll see if they can catch up to those dogs. But Mercedes is the team to beat, and Red Bull's not too far behind. So it uh, should be some exciting stuff. Second race of the year. Get out there and watch it. It's Sunday morning. Get up, make yourself a cup of coffee. 8.30 a.m. start. You still have the rest of your day. Mm-hmm. So would you say that there is a... Home track advantage in F1, similar to a home field advantage or home court advantage in other competing sports. Sure, yeah. So some, you know, some teams like their home track is like one of the ones that they actually race on in F1. So this isn't like the Ferrari like home track okay. that's in Monza, I believe. So that one is like the actual Italian Grand Prix, um, but. Yeah, I mean, those guys, like, they'll test their cars out there so they have a little bit more knowledge, but I'd say, you know, it's it's very minuscule because a lot of the racers that have been, you know, racing in Formula 1 and Formula 2 and the in the developing, like, uh, leagues is the wrong word, but, like, in the developing racing organizations leading up to F1, like, they've raced these tracks before. Like, they've been out there and raced it, so I wouldn't say there's too much of an advantage. Okay. I was just curious, like, if you're like, hey, look, I know that the uh, street is really um, slick right here, so I can't take that corner as fast, or, hey, you get a lot of grip coming out of here because of the way the bank is, or I don't know, just, like, stuff like that, like, little details, because there's so many constraints in racing that it's the slightest of details that make a huge, you know, advantage or disadvantage for teams. Um, yeah, and I'm sure there are some racers that like to keep, you know, they, they know some special tricks on some certain tracks. Yeah. Uh, but there are a lot of guys in the racing teams that, you know, have been going.
going to the same tracks year after year that working in the pit and working on the tower, like leading the team off, like they, they know a lot of the tricks of the trade and they go out there and practice it and work on those special spots. So sure. I, I wouldn't say that there's really a home track advantage, but okay. I'd say that the guys that have been racing longer definitely know those little nuances in each track a little bit more than some of the younger guys. Sure. So another thing real quick, like have you seen clips of like the – Similar to like how we see the head coach in football after the play, where he's like talking on the microphone and reading the sheet, and you get a view of what he's doing like during the play or during the game. Have you seen some of the clips of F one like where they're in the pits and they're like all communicating and there's twenty people talking and it's like just. Have you seen that? Oh yeah, dude, it's madness. Like, and it's really funny to like hear them say like certain things and like. I don't know, just like how the organization of how they communicate is uh is definitely interesting. That's something that I mean, they practice too. Yeah, oh yeah between you have the pit to. crew and the and the, you know, team leader and then the, the race coordinators for each one for each team and then, you know, communicating to their different guys that are on the microphone with the racers themselves, the drivers, so Yeah. It's a it's a pretty tight run ship. And you got to really all be on top of it all at once. Tight run ship, huh? Sure, sure. Um, yeah. Let me give a little buzzer beater action here. Yeah, teach. Real quick, Carlos Rodon, perfect game through eight right now, so hopefully I didn't curse that for him. Knock on wood for you guy. Against the Indians, tough. But he's, he's got it through eight right now, so that could be interesting. But... My real buzzer beater here. Tell me if you recognize any of these names, okay? <clears throat> Charles Woodson. Ed Reed. Ronnie Lott. Darren Sharper. Dick LeBlow. Mel Blunt. Champ Bailey. Any of the, did any of those guys... Any Anything ring a bell? Any, any, do you guys recognize any of those... Hall of Fame NFL cornerback names? Uh, maybe one or two of them. Well, those guys are all in the top 20 for interceptions of all time. And our boy Ken Riley, leading, not leading, because he's fifth. He's fifth all time, but he's leading all those names in interceptions with 65 all time, and he's the most in NFL history, all with one team. So where the heck is Ken Riley in this Hall of Fame? I'm not going to spend my time talking about Julian Edelman maybe making the Hall of Fame. That's a waste of my time. His stats are ridiculous. Get it out of here. Ken Riley, a true Hall of Famer for the Cincinnati Bengals and one of the best cornerbacks of all time, is not in the Hall of Fame. So why don't we talk about that instead? Because these stats are actually real. 65 interceptions, all with one team, 1969 to 1983, all with the Cincinnati Bengals. No love for Ken Riley. Give him a shout-out, put him in the damn hall, and he's going definitely in the Bengals' ring of honor, and he should be in the first round of that. We'll talk with our next guest about that on our next show. That's a little tease for you, folks, to lead you into our next show. But, Doge, any thoughts on our boy Ken Riley? I know you're a Bengals guy. I'm not sure if you knew he Ken Riley's stats. He should be in the hall. Um, absolutely. The sad part is... Doncic's quote about the playing is funny. Where he's just like, "Oh, we might be back. Might be back, back, 
back, back. Yep. It's been recording me singing. But now it's preparing some security options. Hey, hey, it's got us, so I'll do a little sign off here in a second. Doge! Thank you for being on the show, buddy. We appreciate it. Always a pleasure, boys. Looking forward to, to seeing you here live in person here soon. Gonna be great. Big deal. Thanks for being on the show as always as well. Yeah, I had a couple miscues. You know. It's alright. Cut those out in the bloopers, dude. Add them to the blooper file, you're right. Let's do it. Do we have one of them? No. I don't have that much time to do that, unfortunately. Or do I? No. We won't know till next episode. <laughs> nah, probably not gonna bust it out next episode. You never know. Either way, everybody. Thank you for listening. This is The Clubhouse.